Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard that number where you can call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests, 303-690-3000. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. I will be your host for this hour, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I am here to take your questions and your prayer requests. So, Grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. Hour goes by fast. Grab one of those open lines uh, early in the show, and you won't be on hold, uh, and you'll be able to get through. And we're going to start with uh, the phone calls as soon as they start coming in. So let's uh, talk about the things of the Lord. Let's let's pray for uh, those who need prayer. We want to minister to you. That's what this show is all about, and perhaps— you find yourself uh, coming home from work or from school. Uh, maybe you're in traffic in the metro area. Perhaps you are on the highway uh, driving. We've had truckers uh, call us and people that are up on I-25 or I-80 in southern Wyoming. All kinds of people that have called listening in their cars and their trucks, even in their tractors on the farms in Weld County. Give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Hope you're having a blessed day, a wonderful day, and i uh, love to talk to you and see how you're doing. want to welcome all those who are listening live on Grace FM on this Tuesday afternoon. And we got a beautiful day here in Colorado. We appreciated the snow that we got yesterday. We need the moisture, and it just helps further uh, suppress those fires, the hot spots that are still burning, and uh, we very much welcome that. So we can be thankful, and then also... I want to welcome all those who are listening on uh, Grace or Truth FM, Refuge FM, uh, maybe listening on a low-power uh, Christian radio station. Uh, you too can call at 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Let's get the phone lines ringing, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. This is really your show, and this is an opportunity for you to ask questions that maybe your Bible reading brought up, or maybe you ha are having a discussion with your friends or family members, and you want some clarity and understanding. Uh, maybe you just uh, want uh, some prayer. You, you uh, are lifting somebody up that's in your life or a family member, or prayer for yourself. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. want to welcome also all the online listeners that are listening on the Grace FM mobile app or on the website, Grace FM. Uh, you too can call anywhere in the country. We got listeners uh, from coast to coast that are listening in right now. So welcome. Uh, you can give us a call and be a part of the show. We'd love for you to be able to do that. And we even have some international listeners, and we usually do every day. We got one from South Africa. And so we welcome all those uh, that have tuned in to Calvary Live on this afternoon. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. I'm sure there are some things on your heart, maybe some questions that you have that other people, they may be thinking the same thing. 
So we want to uh, be able to talk about those things. And uh, it's wonderful to have a show where uh, we take an hour uh, here uh, towards the end of the afternoon, early evening perhaps, uh, wherever you're at, and to be able to just look at the Bible, look at the things of the Lord. There is another way for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, as most of you know, who have tuned in to Calvary Live before, and that's through a dedicated text line, and that's a different number. Be careful when you text. It is for texting only. No one will answer that uh, at that line. Um, you can't leave a voicemail or anything. It's just for texting, and that number is 720-336-0897, and I'll repeat those numbers throughout the program and that text line, 720-336-0897. And I'd love to be able to take the time, as it permits, to go to the text line and answer those questions as well. So we're waiting for phone calls to come in. And uh, I'd just like to read to you some scripture, Psalm 5, um, that, um, that I think the Psalms are really, really comforting um, during times where we're discouraged, during times where we need to be uplifted. And I just want to read from Psalm 5 uh, as David is praying for guidance. And he says, Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, and my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you. And I will look up. And what a privilege it is for us as Christians each and every day as we start our day and get up that we have the Lord and we can go to him and that he will hear our voice in the morning and that he will direct us and guide us. And then the psalm ends by David writing, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you and let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. And I think those are comforting words for us in the day that we're in with all the uncertainty that we have seen with the pandemic and then uh, all the other challenges that have come uh, into your life or changes and loss and uncertainty and to know that we can rejoice and put our trust in him and we can continue to shout for joy. One of the things that I was sharing about yesterday on the show was that Paul the Apostle, as he wrote to the Philippian believers, he would say, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And he would write that at a time when he doesn't know what his future holds, whether he's going to be put to death or be released from his imprisonment. Uh, But he trusted in the Lord. He kept an eternal perspective. And so... We uh, are ones that uh, can do the same as with Paul, knowing that our trust is in him. We also, um, here at Calvary on our midweek service, are going through the book of Jeremiah. And one of the things is uh, that we are seeing, particularly as we are ending that study in Jeremiah, and then we're going to go into the book of Ezekiel, is that we see that uh, Babylon is going to fall and the fall of Babylon, Babylon that was used of the Lord to come against the house of Judah and take them off into captivity. But there's this proclamation against a number of the nations, uh, Moab, Egypt, Ammon, uh, Damascus is mentioned there, Elam at the end of chapter 49, 
all these chapters on the proclamation against those nations. And what it shows us is that our trust is in the Lord, and our trust is not in Babylon, it's not in Egypt, um, the wisdom of Egypt, our trust is not um, in man, our trust is in him alone. And I pray that we would be comforted by that, that we are indeed a blessed people. So waiting for the phone lines to, to uh, ring, we got all open lines right now, 303 690 I'm Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Love to hear from you. Let me know how you're doing out there, and I pray that you're doing well. I'd like to hear your questions and your prayer requests. We do have a question that has come in concerning guardian angels, and the question is, do Christians have a single guardian angel that stays with them throughout life? And there's, I believe, two primary passages of the New Testament that relate to the idea of a guardian angel. Uh, Matthew chapter 18 uh, speaks of that, where Jesus says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And then also in the book of Acts, you remember that Peter was in prison. Uh, It was Herod that had put uh, James to death, the first of the apostles to die. And we know that he would then arrest Peter, and Peter was about ready to be executed, but an angel came and freed Peter, and it was a group of people that were praying. And as they're praying for Peter's release, Peter comes to the door, he's knocking on the door, and a woman named Rhoda comes, and she comes to the door, and it's Peter. And she comes, Uh, as she had recognized his voice, and said to the others, hey, Peter's outside. And they said, no, he's not. It's just his angel. And I find that interesting because, um, you know, if if I were to say at church, hey, there's an angel outside, I think most people would run out to want to see that angel. But they said, no, Rhoda, you're beside yourself. It's just an angel. And they kept on praying. (laughs) And finally, somebody let Peter in. But she said that, uh, or they replied to her to uh, to saying that Peter's outside, that it's this angel out there. So we perhaps maybe have an angel. Maybe a church has an angel that's assigned to them. Uh, that's a suggestion from the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3. And so, um, you know, to the messenger of the church, uh, Angela uh, is the Greek word uh, where we get our word angel or messenger, Uh, Some have suggested that perhaps a church has an angel. We know that Paul to the Corinthian church mentions angels uh, when he's talking about order and headship and doing everything, you know, in an orderly fashion that he says, be careful because the angels are watching. So we know angels are real. They're ministering spirits, and uh, they are used for God's purposes, but they're not to be worshipped. we know that I remember back in the 90s, there was this, you know, kind of movement where uh, Christians were really getting into angels and the focus on angels and angel stores were popping up everywhere and angel churches and things like that. So angels are real. Uh, we may have an angel um, that is dispatched to us to, to be a guardian, but ultimately we see in the scripture that the Lord is our shield. He's our protector. He is 
our security. He is everything that we need, and uh, and that's what we see very clearly in the scriptures. Hey, waiting for a phone call to come in. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We are also waiting for a text line um, question or prayer request. That text line is 720-336-0897. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call here on Calvary Live. Uh, also, um, just want to let you know um, that as we are seeing the uh, pandemic uh, or the COVID rates continue to grow here in Colorado and across the nation, I'm getting a uh, request that we pray for all of that. I know this has been a very difficult time, and we're heading into month number nine, and we uh, are asked to pray for the uh, those who are working in the hospitals, the medical professionals, and those on the front lines of COVID, and also uh, all those who have been affected. So, Lord, we do ask for those who are um, just being a, uh, working in the hospitals, in the clinics, uh, in the nursing homes uh, that are on the front lines of COVID. They're tired. We thank you for their efforts. We thank you for their um, just their knowledge and treating be with the doctors, the nurses, the medical staff, those who are in the clinics, those who are testing so many people. And Lord, as we find ourselves in the middle of this pandemic, and it seems like there's no end in sight right now, I just pray that uh, you would help us in our lives to maneuver through it, especially as we find ourselves in the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, we're trying to figure out how to gather uh, with family, how much, all these different things. But Lord, we just pray for your leading and guidance and for healing upon this nation. Uh, we pray that you would help us uh, to move forward in health. We Help us, the churches, to be able to move forward and stay the course in in-person meeting, uh, to be able to uh, continue to do that. Uh, but Lord, we commit it all to you. And we know that you've allowed this to happen for your purposes. And may it draw us close to you in every way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, give me a call. Uh, we are a quarter of the way through the show. Phone lines have been quiet. Yesterday, the phone lines were very, very busy. So i uh, love to hear from you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call here on Calvary Live. So give me a call. Give me a prayer request, or if you got a question, love to talk to you as well here on Calvary Live. Um, so much is going on around us. Uh, people are, um, you know, weary and tired. And I want to remind you of, uh, we went over this in Matthew's gospel that we're talking about on Sunday morning at the, uh, end of chapter 11. And, and then the last couple of weeks, I think were very appropriate for us as we, uh, are traveling through Matthew's gospel that Jesus would say, uh, on that hillside, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I think that's a very appropriate uh, reminder for us as Christians today, because I'm sure that some of you out there that you're weary and you are heavy laden, and uh, you need rest. There's no rest right now in your heart. And the Lord wants us not only to trust in him, he wants us to rest in him. 
and it comes by going to him directly. It's a personal invitation to all, not to some, but to all. And maybe as you find yourself at the end of another day and and you're tired and you're weary, or maybe uh, this season that uh, has been upon you of what we've been going through this year or whatever the case may be, we want to make sure that, um, that we go to the Lord personally, not only going to him, but learning of him, and then yoke yourself with him. Yoke yourself with the Lord. And uh, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hey, we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 for the call-in. The texts, love to hear you uh, and uh, read your texts if we got time. 720-336-0897. Let's go to Terry in Castle Rock. Hi, Terry. Hi. Thanks for calling. Hi, thanks. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you so much. You bet. I'm, I'm a little confused about um, God and the way that he looks at the people that he chooses that are going to be maybe the the bad the you know the the people that choose the bad path versus the correct the right path or the righteous mm-hmm. path because one of the stories in the Bible uh, stands out to me because we're going through um, Genesis and BSF right now in Bible Study Fellowship and the question is why is Cain given the cursed ground to work um, why you know because it seems like when Cain got the cursed ground to work he seemed like he was because it was cursed from Adam and Eve when God cursed you know, the ground, and then Cain had to try to make the ground, you know, produce good harvest. And, I mean, you know, of course he's bitter and he's angry, and I can I can kind of empathize with why he, he's like that, because it's, it's a cursed ground that he's been given by God to work because of his parents' sin. But then you've got Abel, who is the shepherd, and it seems like his job is a little bit... Um, a little bit easier. Um, so mm-hmm. why is it that Cain was given that that role and Abel was given the other role? And how is it that God chooses to have people either kind of lean towards the evil or lean, you know, lean towards the good if, if he loves us all? Um, I'm just right. wondering why those situations are, yeah. are, you know, are paved for those certain yeah. people. Yeah, and I think that's a question that people ask. Um, and even specifically, as you start to read this, you have the story of Cain and Abel. And when you initially read that story, you think, well, God wasn't being very fair to you know Cain, you know, the poor guy. He's a tiller of the ground. He just brought some of the best of his you know labor, of his hands, um, best of the crops, and then... Of course, Abel was uh, one of the field who uh, raised livestock, and he brought some of the sheep. And it seemed like that God was favoring Cain uh, or Abel over Cain, and then Cain got mad, right? But as you read the text very carefully, um, I think that we can understand really what was going on um, in a perspective that's very important for us. It was Cain and Abel that were to bring um, an offering to the Lord. And Cain brought the offering of fruit of the ground. And then Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and the fat. And 
it tells us that the Lord respected Abel's and his offering, but didn't respect Cain. So Cain got very angry, like you said. And here's the key. I think it's in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 4. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? Verse 7, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desires for you, but you should rule over it. In other words, I believe that Cain knew what he was supposed to do, and he didn't do it. And what Cain was saying is, I'm going to come to God on my own terms and in my own way. Because the Lord says, why are you mad, Cain? Um, Why are you upset? You have no reason to be upset. If you do what is right, then everything will be well. But he didn't want to do that. And I think that Cain knew that he was to bring you know, a flock of the animal, that he was to bring a sacrifice in that way, not of the of the ground. So Cain is angry. The Lord is asking him, why are you angry? Why are you letting sin lie at the door? Uh, you know what will be accepted, and um, if you do that, it will be well with you. So that's a real key, because we know that today there are people that they want to come to God on their own terms, don't they? Um, they want to believe God in their own way, to believe in their own God. You know, God is just some, you know, God up in heaven, and we're all children of God, and he loves us all. And, um, you know, we're all going to end up in bliss together. That's That's the mentality of a lot of people. God says, this is how you come to me through the sacrifice of my son, Jesus Christ. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God's love, and he is love, does not exclude that sin is going to be judged or there is a way to come to God that's through his son, Jesus Christ. It doesn't exclude any of those things. And I think that we see it even in the beginning with Cain. He wanted to come on his own terms, in his own way. He got mad, and the Lord said, why are you mad? You know, if you do well, um, then uh, then it will be accepted um, if you bring the right sacrifice. So it wasn't like God was picking on him or he was in the dark. I think he just wanted to, to do his own thing and come by his own works, the works of the ground, So, you know, you can make those applications as you go through that. We need to come to God through our faith in Jesus Christ through grace. We can't earn it. We, We don't deserve it. We can't work for it. It is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of people, isn't there, Terry? You probably know some. I'm sure most people do that are listening, that I'm going to make it to heaven on my own works. Um, I'm going to bring my own sacrifice. I'm going to bring my own way. Um, and it doesn't work. And God's love does not exclude that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And and no one comes to the Father except through him. So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense for you. It does. I guess I just didn't realize that um, when when God says, you, you know it's expect, uh, accepted, right? What is right, you will not. If you do what mm-hmm. is right, you will not be accepted. Um, so I guess I didn't realize that God... Because Cain was kind of like the farmer of the ground, I thought that 
if Cain brought forth his best fruits from the ground, that would be okay. But you're, it sounds like you're saying that Cain should have known that he should have taken some of the animals right. that um, Abel was um, shepherding, and they should have both come together and used the animals as the sacrifice, because that's what God was expecting, yeah. was a clean... And, and Yeah, and I think the text tells us that that Cain knew what he needed to do. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. So why has your countenance fallen? He was angry. Kind of like, you know, this. you should have known. And so that's what the text indicates to me. It wasn't like, you know, Cain really, you know, his heart really wanted to please the Lord, and he really wanted to, you know, bring this sacrifice to be pleasing to the Lord. It's kind of like, here it is. And um, the Lord said, you know, you know what to do, what is right. So that's what the text indicates to me. And then it's like today, there are people that may be sincere. There are people that, um, you know, I'm going to come to God in my own way and give my own sacrifice. And the Lord says, listen, it is only through the cross of Jesus Christ that we can come. So that's what I read from the text, and hopefully that'll kind of help you sort it out. God's love does not, you know, God's love is always linked to, Terry, remember this truth. The two go together. And um, and so we speak the truth in love, but the truth is there's only one way to God through Jesus Christ, and uh, that's so very important. So hopefully that helps out as you sort through it. It does. It does. It really helps a lot. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I definitely could see that God didn't think that um, Cain's heart was in the right place when he offered the sacrifice. Like you said, it was more of like, here you go. It was more like a, you know, yeah. check, check yeah. it off the chore list, right? So yeah. I, I understand that. So, well, thank you for clarifying that for me. I appreciate it. You bet. And I thank you for calling. So, okay. <laughs> Have a wonderful evening. All right. You too. 303 690 Let's get the phone calls going. We got a couple open lines, I believe. Let's go ahead and let's go to James. I believe it's up next and waiting. James? Brother, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Blessed. I had a stroke, but I'm blessed. Hey, uh, so you got my information? Yeah, I got a couple. You got a couple questions. You want to go ahead and repeat those questions? The first one is... uh, We've been taught that we receive the Holy Ghost at when we be born again. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does the Scripture say that? At? Well, we know that in the Book of Romans, um, I think one of the the verses that I think about is um, in the Book of Romans. Paul he's in that section talking about sanctification. In chapters three, four, and five, he speaks of justification, being justified, um, you know, freely by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he begins to talk about sanctification in chapter 6, 7, and 8. And he says something very important, the work of the Spirit in our lives. He says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So the indication is, is when we are justified, when we come to Christ, that the Spirit of God is in us. 
And Paul says in chapter 8, if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, then you are not his. Jesus, when the disciples, before he ascended, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them, and the Holy Spirit was in them. Um, Later on, he would say in Acts chapter 1, that wait here in Jerusalem for the coming upon of the Holy Spirit to empower you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So at that time, we see that in that upper room, as they were praying, the Holy Spirit came upon them um, to empower them to be his witnesses. So we see the Holy Spirit is with everyone to convict them of sin and judgment, uh, John chapter 16. He is in the life of a believer and then the empowering the Holy Spirit. So James, hang on. You hear the music. We're going to go to break and we're going to come back and finish our discussion and, and move on to the second question you got. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard those two numbers, the call-in number and the text line that you can be a part of Calvary Live for the second half of the program. So welcome back and love to have you text in a question or a prayer request. Love to have you call at 303-690-3000. We got a couple open lines. I want to make a quick announcement, then we're going to go back to James, uh, that we're in middle of discussion concerning the Holy Spirit uh, being in the life of a believer. But uh, I want to remind those of you up here in Weld County in the Greeley area, uh, northern Colorado, that we are doing in-person services on Sunday morning here at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock, going through Matthew's Gospel incredible study, so encouraging. And uh, so you can register for the service. We're having people do that for children's ministry at all three services and uh, for the sanctuary as well, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. And then don't forget about our in-person or our online study on Wednesday night uh, in the book of Jeremiah that you can listen to our online Uh, on Sunday morning and Wednesday night at calvarychapelgreeley.org as we continue through the scriptures, but in person on Sunday morning at 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock. Love to have you come join us, and uh, what a tremendous blessing that it is. Also, a lot of other things uh, that are taking place, and we got uh, there on our website to bless you and to encourage you in every way that we can. So uh, be praying for the pastors, too, during this time of of all the churches as we're maneuvering through uh, the spike of COVID and all these other things. But uh, we're just going to stay the course, and we're going to trust in the Lord and and uh, looking forward to what he has for us as we head towards Thanksgiving and towards Christmas as well. Well, I do want to go back to James. James, you still there? James, maybe he's uh, not still there. You there, yeah, James? Yeah. yeah. Hey, th- can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep, I sure can. Thanks for holding. Yeah, we, so, we, we, we may not get to the second one. Uh, so uh, the way I would like to teach that is uh, how can you receive Jesus and not the Father and the Holy Ghost when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior? I mean, is, is, is that good? Well, I'm not sure what you're asking. 
Um, no, Jesus like, said, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We just right. don't accept Jesus, but we accept the Trinity. Don't they go together? Well, yeah. And Jesus said, if you know me, you know the Father. And so Jesus always made that uh, his relationship with the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one knows the Father except, or no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus says, whoever, uh, and you can go through John's Gospel, if you receive me, you receive the Father. For the Father and I are one. Now, uh, this is how I got tripped up. Somebody asked me, they said, well, if that's so that we receive the Holy Ghost, that conversion, then what was Paul talking to them three disciples in chapter 19? Was it chapter 19, have you received since you believe? Well, so uh, I'm twisted. I need help. I think, was he talking, are you talking about the uh, baptism he was talking about? As Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? And they said, John's baptism. Is that what you're referring to? No, I thought he said receive the Holy Ghost. So I need to kind of know what text you're talking about. When Paul came to that certain city and he noticed or discerned that they something wasn't right with him, and he asked them, have you received since you believed? And they said they didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. Well, I, I think you're maybe making reference to Acts chapter 19. Um, as Paul is there, let me find it, when he's in Ephesus. And, and in verse 3, and he said to them, And two, then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. So Paul said, John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying to people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. And, and then uh, Paul would speak to them, he laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So John's baptism, John was a preparation for the Messiah. It was a baptism of repentance. These guys were disciples of John. Um, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul explains to them the gospel, explains to them that now there's the proclamation of Messiah, and then as um, they would um, come to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit coming in them, but then the Holy Spirit, they were baptized with the baptism of the Holy Spirit as he laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. That's that Greek word epe that we see in Acts chapter 1 as well. So the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to spoke in tongues and prophesied. So um, it was the further revelation of Jesus Christ had come, as John had spoken about that. But John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Okay, I'll okay. call you back on some of this stuff. So look, can we, we got time for the next question? Yeah, go ahead. So my next question is, uh, <clears throat> there are two people that didn't see death, uh, Elijah and uh, Enoch. So now yes. it says in the Scripture that Elijah... God took him to heaven. It says where he went, but right. it don't say uh, where Enoch went. He didn't say he took him up. Mm-hmm. So are we assuming uh, that he went to heaven? Uh, yeah, I was, that's... I, I, I was talking about you guys. Uh, would, it, would, it, would, it, would the Bible go silent? 
we got to go silent. So I can't teach people that he went to heaven and don't say it. Yeah. Well, I think there's some clues there, some pretty good clues. It says, and Enoch, this is a very short verse, walked with God. Okay. So he's walking with God. And he was not, for God took him. Well, if God took him, where would he take him? I don't know. He, I, I, I'm not, well, I, I, I had to get away from assuming stuff. That's why I got myself in trouble. Yeah. Well, we assumed that God took him. He he was taken. He was taken up, and he was taken to heaven. And we also know that, um, that Enoch is spoken about um, in the book of Jude, and Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. He was a prophet, so God took him. Obvious to me that he took him to heaven. Yeah, with that, with that other in Jude, yeah. Okay, man, I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, James. Hey, call back, all right? I will, I, I will, believe me. All right. All right. All right, you take care. All right, thanks for calling. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Leah in Fort Lupton. Hi, Leah. Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Good. You got a question for me? Yes. I just have a friend, and we were talking yesterday, and she was asking... What's the difference between a Southern Baptist and a Pentecostal Christian? <laughs> well, th- here's here's the thing you can talk to her about, Leah, is number one, there's one body. All believers belong to the body of Christ, but we do have different denominations. And usually the differences in how we worship or even a little different theological stance. We all have the essentials of the Christian faith. That is, uh, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, salvation through faith alone, um, all these other things that that are essential in our faith. The Southern Baptists may be more conservative in their worship, um, where a Pentecostal Christian is more, um, you know, expressive, um, emotional. Uh, Pentecostal, you may see a lot of excitement and uh, maybe uh, an emphasis on experience or emphasis and prophesying, speaking in tongues in a service. You're not going to really see that in the Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist, and I have never been to a Southern Baptist church, but I just assume that they're going to be more teaching of the Word of God, expository teaching, more reserved in the service. So that's really the difference. Uh, between the two, and that's my best shot that I can give you. Okay, now, another question, do they believe in speaking in tongues? Who's that, Southern Southern Baptist? I don't know. I don't know what their stance is on it. You can kind of probably look it up and see if they do, if they believe in the gifts of the Spirit, that tongues are for today. Um, You know, not all Baptists do. Um, Some believe that that's a gift that's not exercised today, uh, I believe that in the validity of the gifts of the Spirit uh, that are given to us in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, what you see usually in Pentecostal meetings is speaking in tongues and and the more of the use of it, and even some Pentecostal meetings where several people are speaking in tongues. I think it's important um, to 
look at first second uh or first Corinthians twelve, thirteen and fourteen, particularly when it comes to the use of tongues in the corporate meeting and then also prophesying, which is speaking forth God's word as well. So um I don't I don't know um what the stances on the Southern Baptists I haven't looked at it. You could probably pull it up and find out if they do. Yes, yeah, okay. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, thank you so much. You are welcome so much, Leah. appreciate you calling. Okay. okay, God bless. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Um, maybe some of you can answer that question. I'm not sure, Southern Baptist, I... Um, what their stance are on the gifts of the Spirit. Let's go to uh, Michael in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hi, Michael. Hello, Pastor. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I hope you can hear me. I'm on the road. I'm on Bluetooth. So I just had a question regarding um, the four living creatures that are expressed in the um, Revelations. And I think I was saying Daniel, but I think it's actually Ezekiel. But they do make a distinction separate than uh, them just calling them angels. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything special? Are they different from angels? Are they angels? Is there? Could you give me yeah. a little um, input? Yeah, Ezekiel has a vision of heaven uh, where he sees the seraphims. Um, and there's the cherubims, the uh, cherubims that we see even with the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, it was two cherubims. And between the cherubim, they seem to be the guardians of the throne of God, um, is where you know the mercy seat was, where they sprinkled the blood. Um, so you have the cherubim, you have the seraphims, you have um, the some of the angelic beings that have six wings, um, we also see that uh, Isaiah chapter 6, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, um, you know, uh, he saw angelic beings as well. And um, they had six wings, I believe, as I look at Isaiah chapter 6, and um, they were buzzing around. And then Revelation chapter 4 speaks about the four living creatures um, specifically. Around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front and the back. And the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature like a face of a man, and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. I believe that uh, in the book of Ezekiel, that's a similar description, isn't it, that is given. And the four living creatures are angelic beings. And it tells us that they're... um, They do not rest day or night. They had six wings, the four living creatures, full of eyes around and within, crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks, who sits on the throne, who lives forever, then you have the 24 elders. So they're angelic beings, no doubt about it, six wings. It's interesting, um, the four faces that are there, Michael, you know what's interesting about it? The first one is like the face of a lion, the second one like a calf, the third like the face of a man, and then the fourth one like a flying eagle. Now, I'm going to connect some dots here, because remember that Jesus said 
to the religious leaders, that you search the Scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which speak of me. And all throughout the Scriptures we see, like in the Old Testament, the the tabernacle speaks of Jesus. Um, It points to Jesus. Uh, The sacrifices, it's all fulfilled by Jesus. When the children of Israel, when you read number chapter 2, when the children of Israel, when they wandered in the wilderness, they would they would go in orderly ranks. Um, you know, I, a lot of us watch the old Charlton Heston Ten Commandments movement uh, movie. Remember that? Right. And it showed them they're all just out there in a big mass of people, two million people. Well, they would leave in orderly ranks. And when they set up camp, they would set up in orderly ranks. So there would be three tribes on the east side. There would be three tribes on the south side. Uh, and three tribes on the west side, and then three tribes on the north side, and then Moses and the tabernacle was in the middle, and and the Levites. And as they set up camp, they had, you read the book of Numbers, God is a God of order, and they would march through the wilderness in orderly fashion. They would set up camp in orderly fashion, and they would have these standards, their flags, and for instance, on the east side, Judah was the standard tribe. They would carry a, a flag, and that's where you knew that's where you needed to be. It's kind of like VBS or you know high school camp or junior high camp. Here's a flag. This is where you're supposed to camp. You couldn't just camp anywhere. So those three tribes would camp, and Judah was one of the, of the standard flags, you know, or uh, that that carried the standard on the east side. So stay with me, because you'll find this to be interesting. Judah is a lion's whelp. So they believe, and rabbinical scholars have taught for years, that on the east side, the standard flag was a, a picture of a lion. Judah carried that. Um, the lion of the tribe of Judah is Jesus. So that was the standard. On the south side, that the standard was... Um, a calf. Then on the west side, the face of a man, and then the north side, an eagle. Go to the Gospels. You go to the Gospels, and Matthew was written to show us that Jesus is the King of Kings, right? Correct. Mark was written to show us that Jesus is the perfect servant, we know that Luke, being a Gentile, writes his gospel for the Gentile reader to show us that that Jesus is the perfect man. And then John's gospel is for everyone to show us that Jesus is deity, the Son of God. So the lion is the king of the beast. So Matthew is to show us that Jesus is the king of kings. Mark shows us that Jesus is the perfect servant. The servant animal is what? The ox. Then Luke tells us that Jesus is the perfect man, so a man, and then an eagle always represents deity. So you start connecting the dots. As they go through the wilderness, here they are carrying those standards, even though they didn't know about it, that they're proclaiming, with the the standard of a line that Jesus is the King of Kings. As they have that standard of a man, that Jesus is the perfect man. 
as they have that standard of an ox, that Jesus is the perfect servant, as they had that standard, I believe it was Dan on the north side, that they're declaring that Jesus is deity, that he's the Son of God, and then it's declared with the four living creatures. Isn't that amazing? The Bibles are harmonious. Yeah, it's one message. It's a message that speaks of Jesus. It points to Jesus. These four living creatures with the face like a lion, they're declaring that Jesus is, you know, the king of kings. Uh, Like a calf, he's the perfect servant. Like the face of a man, that he was the perfect man. And then like an eagle, that he is indeed the son of God. So I thought you might find that interesting. That is very, I've never heard that at all. Yeah. I appreciate it. You bet. And you drive you drive safe, okay? All right. You have a great night. Thank you. All right. Good question. Interesting. As you study the Bible, and here's the thing I want to encourage you in as you study the Bible, keep connecting the dots and things start coming together and they start making sense. And sometimes when we are first studying the Bible, um that we know that um that uh, you know, it's overwhelming, but when you start studying and start connecting to things, you just see one harmonious message. Uh, the Bible doesn't con- contradict itself. It's just so wonderful. God's Word is so true, written by God, put to the page. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, we're talking about Enoch. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him, for before he was taken, he had his this testimony that he pleased God. So we know that Enoch was taken. Obviously, I believe he was taken by God as we had that discussion before. And so, James, if you're listening, that might be a verse two that you might want to look at, Hebrews chapter 11, verse five. And um, I believe that we have a little bit of time left. We got all open lines, so I'm going to go ahead and go to the text line, pray for my son Daniel. And uh, so we're going to do that, who has an addiction. Lord, we pray for Daniel. You know who he is. We just pray that you would help him, minister to him. Um, Addictions, um, alcohol, drugs can captivate so many people um, in so many ways um, and hold them in bondage. I pray that you would free Daniel. They would help him, um, that he would get help from others and uh, the resources that he needs. But most of all, you're the one that frees us. You're the one that has the power to free us from any bondage that holds us uh, in captivity, to sin, addiction, whatever it might be. And that's our message, that Jesus is the one that can give us the power to be free from those things. So do that with Daniel. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Another question that has come through the text line, and I don't always get the answer text questions, so I just want to go ahead and do that because I know those of you who do that, you want to hear an answer, and we don't always get to get to it, uh, but we do have time. It says, Hi, Pastor. Can we pray to angels and thank them? Thank you. There's nothing in the Scripture that tells us that we are to pray to angels or that we are to pray to saints. Matter of fact, a very important verse that Paul would tell Timothy, that Timothy, and I believe that is, let me give you the exact text on that, that there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the the, uh, Christ Jesus. So we always want to remember that he is our mediator. Uh, He's the one um, that we are to go to, and um, he is... uh, 
the one that we pray to. There is nothing in Scripture that indicates that we're to pray to angels. Matter of fact, we know that John, Daniel, in the Old Testament, that when they saw an an angel, they were overwhelmed. They fell at the angel's feet. The angel said, don't do that. Don't pray to me. Don't worship me because I'm just a fellow servant. Uh, We are not to pray to Mary. She is not a co-redemptor. We're not to pray to saints. So we pray to Jesus. He's our mediator. He's the one that sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So there's no reason to pray to an angel to thank them. Um, They are fellow servants, and that's what the Bible is very, very uh, clear about. Here's another important question that is asked. What is living a life by grace versus a life by the law? That is so, so important, and we're saved by faith through grace, or saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's the gift of God. Listen, grace is the unmerited favor of God. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot work for it. Um, It is by God's gift alone. Um, And the unmerited favor of God is we come in faith, putting our trust in him. So living a life of grace means that we live for him. It means that, uh, as Paul would write, should we continue in sin that grace abound? He says, certainly not. We identify with Christ. We reckon ourselves uh, over to him as instruments of righteousness. We walk in the Spirit. That's what it means. If we just live by legalism or by religion or by the law, the law never saved anyone. The law cannot help you live for the Lord. That's what Paul makes the case in the book of Romans, you can read Romans chapter 7. Um, if we try to just do it in our own energies, our own flesh, we can't do it because we're all lawbreakers. But as we walk in the Spirit and just walk in the love of Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ, grace means that we get to be free to live for Him. Not free to live for sin, but free to live for Him. If we try to keep the rules and regulations, we will fall short, we will get discouraged. And we will um, end up just, um, I've seen it happen in people's lives. That their faith is based on devotion, not on devotion, but on duty. And whenever we do that, it's based on duty, then we end up being discouraged. But when it's on devotion and love, you'll do more in loving the Lord and just living in His grace and walking in the Spirit. You will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And and it's a wonderful thing, the grace of God, just to say, Lord, man, you died for me. You love me. Um, You know, uh, I thank you for that. You're incredible, Lord. Thank you so much. So um, I want to pray for somebody who needs prayer for their marriage and um, and for forgiveness. I'm not going to read all of it, but you who text us in, we want to pray for your for the difficulty you're going through. And the reason I, I want to pray and I uh, want to take the time is because I know that there's other marriages that are being strained right now and going through difficulty. And Lord, I just pray for this one who has gone through a difficult time in their marriage. There's been hurt. Um, and Lord, um, forgiveness is needed. And Lord, when we've been hurt, forgiveness can be a very difficult thing. And I just pray that you would help this one to forgive, that there be healing, a restoring, repentance where there needs to be repentance, and, Lord, that you would bring this marriage together. 
um, and Lord, the emotions and the anger that begin to overwhelm us, that Lord, that you would help uh, this individual that needs help to be able to love their wife um, as Christ loves the church. And Lord, I just pray for the marriages out there that are going through difficulty, going through a hard time, that have been strained this year particularly for different reasons, that, Lord, that you would help us to look to you. You're the very foundation of our lives, and that includes our marriages, that you would help us as husbands to love our wives as Christ loved the church, for wives to love their husbands and to, Lord, respect our husbands, and that you would put that love in us and that you would bond marriages together and make them strong and heal those marriages that need your touch in every way. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to remind you that that text line, 720-336-0897, I believe is still open 24-7. It is a prayer line for you to pray, uh, to send in a prayer request. And then there will be those that will take it, respond, and be praying for you. Um, And uh, we need prayer, and we need encouragement. And uh, so... Uh, use that text line for your prayer request 24-7. I think that's such a great resource to have. And uh, people that care and, and are going to lift you up and, and pray for you in every way. Well, we're ending the, the show here, and I want to thank you for all who've been part of it and calling in. May the Lord bless you as you continue in your evening and through the week in every way. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to be with you. Stay in the Word, keep trusting the Lord, and rest in His love. Good night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.